Well, welcome, Goodwill Church, to a special episode of Goodwill Talk. Um, starting a little bit differently today, you didn't hear any music, we're going to get there in a moment. And the reason for that is we want to give a quick introduction to an episode that we recorded a few weeks ago discussing uh, issues of diversity and justice and race. Um, and, and we recorded this before the murder of George Floyd, before all the rioting in the cities in the United States. So we want to just take a second and acknowledge that this has been a very difficult couple of weeks. Um, it's probably been a painful few days for um, us here at Goodwill Church and, and for some of our congregants. It's been a, definitely a painful few days for the country. Um, and, and so we want to just briefly talk about kind of where we've been, some of the things that have been happening over these last few days. And, and Jess, I want to start by asking you, you know, you've seen um, the church respond over these last few days to the things that have been happening around the country and, and particularly the death of George Floyd. And so I'm just curious, kind of what are your thoughts? How, is, how have you received what the church has been talking about? I really appreciated the fact that the church uh, just hasn't stayed silent. I feel like these are things that a lot of the people in congregation um, are agree with, stand alongside of, but I think we're to a time where like, if you're not saying something, you're very loudly saying something else. Mm. And so I appreciate that our church through the sermons, through um, this podcast, the interviews um, that yeah. you've done through the different social media posts and the videos that you've done um, through the day of prayer and fasting and lament that's happening today. Yeah. Um, I just appreciate that you're not saying nothing, but you're, you're saying something. Well, and I think that's, that's something that I, I think we want to just emphasize again, that silence on an issue like this is speaking. Right. And, and we don't want to miss that. And, and our denomination really is, um, as a whole, doing this. Like, we're not going rogue. <laughs> this right. isn't just good. Yeah. We'll want to do our thing. But, um, you know, John, you preached um, our first drive-in service, and it was the Sunday after George Floyd's murder, and you, you spoke to the issue. And then the next day, the denomination put out a letter encouraging um, churches right. to do what we'd already done. And yep. and so that's why we, you know, we decided, okay, well, well then we're going to join our denominational brothers and sisters in, in doing this work. Um, and so we've, we've continued through the week. And here we are on Monday, and this is a day of fasting and prayer and lament. I, I hope that folks are taking that seriously, even if you, you've been uncomfortable these last few days. This is a day of prayer and lament. And I hope people take that seriously, because no matter where you are, prayer is a Christian principle and discipline that we definitely, I think, can all agree the country needs prayer right now. Amen. And um, so, you know, we're, we're going to throw it now to, an inter to this conversation that we had a few weeks ago. Um, we're going to dive into the issues, and, and we encourage you, listen, um, consider don't don't go into this with your mind already made up, but continue Amen. listening. Continue a posture of, okay, these these men that and, and th these men that God have chosen to lead the church, um, that we've that we've trusted to be faithful to the gospel, are talking about this. Um, come in with an open mind and learn and listen and and then stick around because right at the end, uh, I'm going to come back and I'm going to share a few different resources if you want to learn more. And so um, we pray that you'd enjoy. This episode that'd be encouraging to you, that enlightening to you. Uh, here's that episode now of Goodwill Talk. Welcome to Goodwill Talk. We're so glad you're here today. At Goodwill Talk, you'll get to know your pastors, hear answers to your questions, 
gain biblical perspective on things going on in the world, and most of all, grow in your love for Jesus and the Bible. Let's listen in to today's conversation. Welcome back, everyone, to this episode of Goodwill Talk. It's great to be with you again today. My name is Marcus Ortega. I'm one of the pastors here at Goodwill Church. As always, I'm joined by our senior pastor, John Torres. John, how are you doing today? Doing good, doing good. Awesome. And also joined by our third co-host, Miss Jessica Kilduff. Jess, how are you? I'm great. Good. I'm great. Happy to be here. Happy June to everybody. Yeah. yeah. It's getting warmer and warmer. It and... is. Summer is basically in full swing. Yep. And, uh, you know. About time. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully people... Hopefully no snow in June. Oh, I know, right? Remember snow in May? Yeah, that was wrong. Not not fun. I mean, it's the ultimate kick in the teeth. We're all quarantined and doing our thing, and then it snows. Just right. a, not nice. So today we're going to talk about something that, you know, it's, it's a little touchy. It can be controversial. It can be uh, painful for some. And, and the reason we're going to talk about this is because even in the middle of all the coronavirus um, struggle that we've all been going through, yeah, this has also hit the headlines. And um, we haven't addressed this yet on the podcast. It's going to be the first of many conversations about this. But we're going to get into the conversation surrounding race, um, racial reconciliation, diversity, racial justice, all of those things. Um, and our way in today to this conversation is by highlighting an important committee out of the EPC called the Revelation 7-9 Committee. And so this is something that is important to the Goodwill Church family, and this is something important to our denomination. And so um, we want to talk a little bit about the the aspiration towards greater diversity, right. but also the aspiration towards greater racial justice, greater inclusion, how we get there. And so, John, I wonder if, if you can start by just introducing us. What is the Revelation 7-9 Committee, and, and why is that important? Um, and why is that going to be important here at Goodwill Church? Well, it's important for the EPC, the Evangelical Presbyterian Church, and one of our leading pastors, Rufus Smith, he's pastor of our largest church, Hope Church. Uh, and he, he is head of this group that have been studying uh, issues of race, how to move forward, not just to deal with that as a social problem, but really how to make the gospel uh, more relevant uh, to people who might not hear it, which is really an entire generation. You know, people that are, you, you now, you're, you're getting older, Marco, so there's, I don't know what that generation that you're blaming everything on. What yeah, Generation Z, it's all yeah, their fault. Yeah, it, they were blaming me and the millennials. No, yeah, now, now I, I blame so, my kids. Gen Z, uh, you can't speak to them in in terms that don't include uh, diversity, and I think that's right. I think it's biblical. I think that some people hear the term diversity right away. They their their uh, antennae you know extend, and they think that this is uh, some sort of political agenda. Right. But racism is not political, and racism is not part of one party or another. It isn't. It's it's a it's the problem, one of the problems of the United States. Right. The ongoing curse that we are having to fight through. And so as Christians, we really want to face that head on because we know that if we follow Jesus, he has a vision for healing this this tremendous wound that really continues to hemorrhage in our culture. And you know, I'm not sure when this podcast is going to go up, but we're fresh on hearing the news of Amand Arbery, mm -hmm. uh, the jogger who was you know, uh, just gunned down by right. citizens who took it upon themselves to to do that. And then 
uh, a story that's, uh, I mean, I don't know which one is worse, but this one. It, it's, it's yeah, the Breonna Taylor story out of Louisville. Um, EMT. Right? Yeah. And, and uh, killed in her own home um, while she was sleeping. The police went to the wrong apartment and uh, she was shot eight times and killed. And, and it was another, it was right on the back of um, the Ahmaud Arbery video going up. And both of these things had happened a couple months before the outcry, um, which is part of why the outcry happened, because nothing has happened in these cases until right. people started speaking out more. So the, the news about the news is complex. And so we want to start with the good news. Revelation 7-9 is a verse in the Bible. Here it is. After this, I looked... And behold, a great number that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands. And it continues in verse 10. And crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And it goes on to describe this amazing scene in heaven, where we've already talked about the tribes of uh, Israel, uh, 12,000, you know, 12 tribes, 12,000 from each tribe, very symbolic uh, number there. And now we see that there's a number that, that, that cannot be, that's not going to be expressed. It's so great. And the diversity is so great. And so the vision for diversity is Christ's. So you can't be a Christian and say, well, I, I don't believe in it, and uh, I only like the white Christians, or I only like the black Christians, because they're, you know, or whatever. Right. You know, you just it's it's just not acceptable, and we all are. We all have some uh, racial racist tendencies, depending on how we grew up and what our experiences are. And really, even these news stories and how they're handled feed that. So I, you know, one test is you know if you're walking on a sidewalk and you're white and you see two young black men walking your direction, what what are you feeling? And a lot of people may not acknowledge it or not. They want to, I want to get on the other side of this street, you know. And meanwhile, you can ask the the, the two black gentlemen. Maybe you're maybe you're part of a a, a couple too, two two white men, uh, the, the two black guys. You ask them, and they're thinking the same thing, like uh, I'm in danger, you know. And so that's just one test. But these stories that you talked about, something happened, and then there was this delay in normal police procedure, normal uh, press coverage, a delay. And that's that now is its own story, right. the delay. There's, there's these things that happened to these people that ought not to have happened. They're, they were murdered, you know? Then there's this other thing, this, this, this other crime, according to our society, and really according to anything we believe as Christians, right. where there seems to be a cover-up, there seems to be, and then that story, now that becomes a story with people on, on each side of it. People say, no, there isn't, there was okay, it wasn't, you know, and, and the, the motivation behind a lot of how people deal with the story is, well, I want it to go away, I, I, I just want this problem to go away. And like most serious problems, when we just try to cover them over with a Band-Aid, uh, it, the problem gets worse, and so racism is sort of the biggest form of that problem. And I mean, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it, it's 
one of the reasons why this is so um, particular to the United States experience is because of our history yeah. of slavery, because of the civil rights movement. And um, I, I don't think anybody would say it is as bad as it was. I mean, that would be an absurd statement to make. Of right. course, things are better than they were um, at the time of Dr. King when he was fighting for rights. Right. Um, I think it's it's now a question of, okay, what else needs to be righted? Yeah. And, and really, I, I think our objective in, in talking about it is the same objective of the Revelation 7-9 crew is there's a lot of hope. This is where the energy is. This is where the power is. This is where the gospel is. Uh, this is where the life is in, in the Christian church worldwide, and especially in our part of the world where this is a problem. You know, So uh, what's, what's interesting is that uh, we, as a, as a people, as, as Christians... We have to acknowledge that there's this curse that came from slavery and all that. That's, that's on our nation. So we are now, we live in this nation, so we as Christians now take our responsibility for these problems, and, and we apply Christ to the problem. Uh, the Band-Aid approach to that in the church that I've seen it is sometimes not helpful. You have, you know, people say, well, we should just all be gray, which is a racist statement, or I don't see color. That's a racist statement. You know, those are, those are things that people in a majority race would say because they want, I'm white, so I don't see color, so you black person, I want you to go away or just be acceptably white for, you know, I will accept you as a, a token white person if, if you play by the rules. I remember so, um, not, at, not at Goodwill Church. I was at a church, um, and uh, a friend of mine mentioned to me um, Intending this to be a compliment, well, I, you just you don't remind me of a Mexican. Yeah, I've heard that too. Because we both have a Mexican name, <laughs> right? Right. You know, and yeah. I was like, "What exactly do I need to do to quote remind you of a Mexican?" Speak quote, Spanish. Quote. Yeah, well, that would probably help. Yeah, I don't speak Spanish. Spanish. Yeah. I know it's that's a, neither you own. nor me. I know. Yeah, Jess probably speaks more Spanish than we do, but um, I might. You know, that kind of a statement is it is erasing. Yeah, because I am Mexican. And you, and you, people, they don't mean to, no. you know, like, you know, they, instead of Black Lives Matter, they'll say Blue Lives Matter, they'll say All Lives Matter. They don't mean to be erasing right. what people are going through, or maybe they do, but they don't, they don't think that they're doing that. Um, and, and that's, I think that's where we want to start, mm. you know, as, as a church, and Revelation 7-9 is really about awareness, like, and it's hard, because I, there's something that we, we're very, very sensitive you know, we and, and we we don't want to. You know, uh, we don't want to be accused of being racist. But the Bible has done that for us. For all have sinned mm. and fall short of the glory of God. So just read into that. You have racist tendencies. Every single person living, every single person living in this part of the world, especially every single person listening to this podcast. You know, there is racism there. And you know what? Jesus got you. You've got the Bible. He's going to move you through it. You don't have to be afraid of it because then the fear generates uh, a cover-up, a lies. We start lying about it. I, I don't have a problem with it. Why do you have to say you don't have a problem with it? Because I don't. I don't have a problem with it. Uh, you might have a problem with it, but I don't. Well, we all have a problem with it. Well, I have a problem with that. And, you know, it's just like, <laughs> come on. So, uh, and, you know, it's, uh, we want everyone to to see themselves as beautiful creations 
new creations in Christ, yes, but beautiful in how they are, you know, and their background, their ethnicity, their family history. It's, it's, it's a mix for every single one of us. You know, um, I work hard with my daughters, you know, two adoptive daughters, and, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, working with Kelsey, she's, she's got darker skin, and so she gets a lot of comments. She's, and I, I'm just having to try to help her understand what they are, and she's starting to, and it's tough, and it's painful, yeah. you know, and people will say. I remember we were, we were, it was down south, but it can happen up north too. We just happened to be down south. And we were at a truck stop, and I wasn't nearby. I was, I guess, putting gas in the tank. And Kelsey was a little baby, you know. And Shannon walked into the, into the convenience store, and the the guy behind the counter, I guess, said, "That's a dark baby, ma'am. That's a dark baby." And so built into that was all this stuff, and and she felt like a cloud of darkness just came over because there's something demonic within that yes there's there's there's, there's it, it's demon uh, powered you know racism and that's where all the murder comes from the hatred the fire you even see people who would, you'd think they'd be sane because the holy spirit is is resident in them and then suddenly you see well no now they're getting really angry and we've seen it in our church i've all kinds of people have left the church because they feel offended i remember i i did a gospel cantata one christmas and I, I had people just say, we're not black. I'm not staying for this, you know? I remember one time we, we started to get more diversity in the church. It was a big Easter. And one of our stalwart guys, you know, just always there, always doing something for somebody, looked around, and I knew what he was, you know, he, he let me know. He said, I, this, isn't, this is too much for me. I can't be here anymore. And so I've, I've had those digs, you know, just for 20 years. Including Latino people who come and they, they meet me and says, you're not the real thing. You know, like, well, how'd what? you get that last name? So, yeah. Yeah. So, so you're, you're, you, you better explain, mm-hmm. you know, you got some explaining to do, Mr. Torres, you know, so. Well, and you said something just a second ago that I think we really want to focus on. You said this was demonic. Yeah. And, and that's something I think that we really want to take note on. Racism is a spiritual stronghold in this country. This is not. This is why it's not political, right? It is a spiritual stronghold um, that has been embedded into the core of culture and society around us and church and church. Yep. From the jump in the United States. Yep. From the very beginning. Yep. And because of that, and because the church has for so long been complicit in that, this is a spiritual stronghold that we have to pray down. And we have to actively work against. And I think one of the things that people say, well, when you talk about race or when you when you talk about systems of racism and you start to get into systemic conversations, right. when you use phrases like social justice, well, now you're now you're walking away from the gospel. Now you're walking away from what the church is supposed to be about. When you hear that response, how, how do you how do you re- what's your rejoinder well, to that? I understand cuz people are listening to conservative talk radio mm. you know they're and and you know I I I mean between you and I I you know people are going to start to recognize I'm the more conservative they will start to and, recognize and you 
are not. I'm not. So that's, yeah. I don't know what label so I have. But there's diversity within our right. and Jess is well. We don't know. So we're just. <laughs> I don't know either. It's because so, she doesn't yeah. talk. She's notice she's how quiet pie. she's, she's got rhubarb pie here. So that's <laughs> that's what that's about. So I don't. She will speak though. She and will. You, you will hear she, from her. I will. When something occurs to her, so she will say it uh, and and mean it. So we do have really three viewpoints right. that are different. Right. And and that's that's my point. But so I I. I get the, I, I, I see the mix in people's thinking, you know, because I see that they, they believe strongly about conservative causes and they see that these, these, these phrases, systemic racism and all that, are, are used by the other side, you know, in political um, right. battles. And they, but they're, they're phrases that are real. Now, maybe they're, they're, they're overused and so we can use other words to describe it, but the idea of systemic racism, you know, that's that you can't dismiss that. You can't just say, well, that's that's myth or that's a, a liberal thought pattern. That's it's not that at all. You know, it's it's the problem. It's the thing we want to fix. You know, it's it's what's behind uh, the disproportionate number of young black men being killed or being incarcerated with extra long sentences. And um you know, any time that we can do something for justice, it it sings, it it stands out. And uh, we were talking before where if if President Trump were to lose the election, I think we're gonna we would hear from uh, one of the commentators on the liberal side named Van Jones, very liberal man, and he uh, he worked with President Trump on what he says is his number one accomplishment, his only accomplishment maybe in his eyes. You know, and that was the reducing of these sentences, and it was something the president really initiated, and it was a was one of those moments, you know, where you could turn to any of the channels on your cable TV, and everyone was saying that was good, right? And what was good about it? Well, Revelation seven nine. This is this is a God thing. This is a Jesus thing. It's a gospel thing. It is good, you know, and uh, you know, no one really argues against that. Well, and I think you know one of the you know, just like some of the language you've been saying can be overused or misunderstood. I think social justice is another phrase like that. Well, and, and that one now for the church has a century of right. history where that was used alongside the liberal movement to, right. to liberalize theology. Mm-hmm. So that's where you really have to do your work, you know, and we can just call it justice then. Okay. Right. Let's, let, if social justice and social justice warrior and all that, you know, yeah. I, okay, I understand what you're talking about. But still, justice matters to God. It does. <laughs> and and when, we, when we take the concept of justice and we apply it to social systems, right. then you end up with a subset of biblical justice, right? So there's justice in um, when people die apart from Christ. Part of God's justice is um, an eternity apart from him, right. right? That's part of justice. When we look at the cross, that's a demonstration of God's justice against sin. Absolutely. When you look at God's justice as applied to a social structure, the the catchphrase for that, if you will, is social justice. But really what we're talking about is biblical justice being applied in a social situation. To and everyone. Yeah, to everyone. Right. And that's a big part of it. The same. Yeah. The same. And and the church has let that get away. You know, we've it's it's the church's fault in many ways. So we've been weak. We've been the most divided hour of the week. You know, uh, uh, Sunday at eleven, you have a black church, white church. Never the twain shall meet. You know, and so we're working hard to to face that, to to examine that. 
some of that has some nice history to it. There's there's different traditions and they and they can feed one another and that that part's pretty exciting. But the division itself, when we allow it, we've allowed it because the church is much more powerful than it thinks. Church can influence society like nobody's business, and we know that. And so we've just been quiet. We've just not said, "Hey, this this has got to stop. We've got to improve this. We've got to we've got to." You know, point our, our energies towards what we know God wants, because there's no doubt that God wants this. And it's not about being swayed by one political system or another. It's about us swaying all of them, you know, because they're just human systems, and human systems are fallen systems. And, and the Holy Spirit wants to work through His body, His church, and say, hey, I, I want to see this come my way. You know. I, was, I was reading a book recently, and they were the author was talking about um, wh- when this conversation comes up in the church. So many times, people are like, "Well, just preach the gospel," and she's like, "It's so stifling because it's like just preach the gospel, but only up until the point where it's supposed to, you know, result in the renewing of my mind and the changing of my constructs." And she's like, "Well, just like every put a, everybody put on your big boy panties, and everybody's going to be uncomfortable, and we're all going to be better at the end of this." And yeah. I was like, "Yes." Well, the, the, the discomfort is not um, negative. When you are not comfortable and you're, you're, something is, is kind of, you know, stretching you on the inside, that's, that's God. Like, why are we running? Why do we not want to be better people? Why do we not want our nation to be better? Of course we do. Everybody does. And so, uh, you know, I mean, the majority of people do. And, and the majority and of people look should. at yeah, well, I think everybody looks at these these two deaths, you know, and then the delays, the the the, the strange stalled justice, you know, delayed justice is injustice. Yeah, you know, uh, everybody looks at that and says that's not right. But now here's where the problem comes in. We explain it away, we cover it up, we say let's not talk about it, and then our not talking about it, our explaining it away, our the way we're dealing with it becomes the the story. And then we, we say, well, I'm going to deal with this way. I'm going to deal with that way. Hey, how about nobody cares how you feel? How about you, you do real work, church? How about you, Christian, face the truth? You know, because you, you are on a collision course with an almighty God, and you are answerable for your life. So don't play around, okay? Don't, don't, don't mess with this. It really, really matters to God. Right. Yeah. One of the one of the things that can come up in this conversation is um, well, one objection that I can hear that I often do hear is well, you know, you don't have to be white to be prejudiced, which is totally true, totally true. You do not have to be white to be prejudiced. Um, but one of the reasons why the um, the conflict or the tension between white and black in this country is what we focus on. And part of why you hear folks denouncing things like white supremacy, why conversations around terms like white privilege, uh, all of these things which needs defining and, and you need to know what the person's saying when right. they're saying them. Right. But the reason that gets emphasized on, it is because of our history. It, absolutely. You know, Rufus Smith was, was challenged you know, on this by an Asian, a young Asian man, good challenge. You know, he just said, I, I am an Asian and I experience all kinds of prejudice and why why is the focus of revelation 7 9 just on black white issues just on you know the the issue with with black americans and rufus just went through and explained the whole history you know of it and said look if we 
this is our focus. This is what we own. We own this problem as Americans. If we get this right, then it helps in every other situation. And because we don't get this right, all these other situations now are, are tainted. And so there's all these other forms of racism, prejudice, division between people, uh, hatred. Mm -hmm. You know, it, I mean, it, it does catch fire. It does. And, and you, you, if you take a clear look at it, you think, well, the devil's in here somewhere. Absolutely. How, how did this get to this point? I mean, it's, it's wickedness yeah. is what it is. And he does want to divide us from each other, keep us derailed, keep us off the gospel, keep us uh, wanting to stay comfortable. Which it's not, and it's not. We're not really comfortable, you know, in maintaining the status quo. We're just complacent. Yeah, and 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 it, it's very uncomfortable, actually. Yeah, we're we're we're, we're stalled, and, and our voice as a church is is uh, not what it ought to be. So the Revelation seven nine committee that's within the presbytery, or that's a, a specific church. That's the whole. Uh, so it's a it's a commission within the denomination. And are they going to do like? Practical application. Uh, raise or? up more leaders uh, of diversity. You know, um, more black pastors. Um, that kind of thing. You know, real, real uh, concrete. You know, how can you? You know, I we want that. So I have I have six pastors, including myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I had a couple Asian pastors in the past. I don't have any now. Uh, there's lots of Latino uh, coverage. Whether we're authentic or not, we got it covered. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> whether we appear Mexican or not, uh, you know. Um, so I, I, I would, you know, I, I want to hire a, a black pastor. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I want to, and and you know, I'm praying. You know, God, who who are you sending? You know, uh, who's who's there? And we came close, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we had somebody, and we were in talks with him, and that was part of why he was coming. I mean, he was coming because, you know, we have. We are in a unique position. You know, I was invited to be part of this commission because of what is seen at Goodwill, which doesn't seem to be that much, but is way more than a lot of other churches. Right. You know, and uh, you know, I I work with Leslie Haskin on things, and she's uh, she's really committed to this issue. She has uh, the the unracialized project where she you know to describe the project, the easiest way to do it is one of the commercials that we were going to produce was uh, the, a, just a, a public service announcement where you'd see a, a, a young black man and he's putting away groceries in a car and a, a white woman uh, walks by him and uh, drops her wallet. And he's, he, he, does, he just notices and she's like 20 feet away and then she's heading towards the car and he sees her about to get in the car and drive away. And so he picks up the wallet and runs towards uh, the, the white woman, you know, in her car about to drive away. And just then a police officer sees him running, pulls his gun. Uh, I think the bullet, the, the gun is fired and the bullet stops, you know, right before it, you know, the way they, the, the yeah. film was going to be. And then uh, just, you know, what, what's happening here? Why, why would this happen? And then list uh, similar actual occurrences where some, something like this happened, whether it was deadly or not. Right. Where there was an assumption that this, this black man is going to hurt this white woman. And so we, we've got to defend the, and 
where did that come from? And I, and I think even in a video clip like that, there's so much that needs to be unpacked, which right. is why some a trailer like that is super helpful because it opens up so many different right. conversations. Was, I, I forget the questions, but the, the idea was to be very provocative mm-hmm. and and um, fit the moment, which it would still do. This was years ago that right. we were talking about this. I remember sitting in in the police station in Newburgh, you know, with the chief of police, and she was working with the police and working with people walking up and down the the, the streets, uh, trying to reduce racial tension. You know, because Newburgh's famous for that and yeah. has a long history of that, mm-hmm. and uh, that was that was part of part of that whole project. And and that because that is part of of Newburgh's history, because um, we are not that far from Newburgh. Right. This becomes part of our problem. Yeah. We have to address this as a local church, right. and and we are addressing this. And I I know it makes people uncomfortable, but like you said, uncomfortability is not bad. Uncomfortability is evidence the Holy Spirit might be pushing on you a little bit. And it's and way, it's more uncomfortable than people know. I mean, people... So I, I did all these things with Leslie, and then uh, other church leaders in Newburgh didn't... I was on their don't-like list. I had another name, but... Yeah, it's not good. So I was on their... <laughs> but we this don't is like the Good Will Church yeah. <laughs> podcast. Yeah, thank you for reminding me. We should have a sign. Yeah. It would be helpful. So, uh, yeah. So I was on their... Look, because that's their turf. Yeah. So, and you know, Newburgh has 300 churches within eight square miles, something like that. And many of them are family businesses. You know, the father was a pastor, grandfather was a pastor, son's now the pastor, and they kind of fighting for members. You know, some of them, some of them are not. It's just, it's a whole range of different churches and a whole range of different uh, claims of ownership. Yeah. You know, and that's very awkward and can be, and can be dysfunctional. And so that's part of the issue too. Is all these well-meaning people, all these programs. All this stuff, and it's none of it's really working that well, and it's clunky. So, and that's because this is a spiritual issue. Yeah, this is the it, the reason this is been such a long fight, and why people are getting very tired. I mean, people who talk about race a lot hate talking about race. Those of us who are talking about social justice or biblical justice, whatever framework we want to use for that, we don't like talking about it. We want it to be over with. The reason we talk about it is because there's still a problem that needs to be addressed. And and it is, part of this is the original sin of the nation that we are still having to understand. It undergirds everything. And and here's the kind of the, the corollary I'd make. When we, are, um, when we are forgiven by Christ, when we come to Christ and cling to him, what happens is that original sin that Adam committed in the garden, that is forgiven. And if that is not forgiven, it doesn't matter how much work you do with all these other sins, it's going to mean nothing because that original sin must be atoned for by Christ, the second Adam. And that atones then for all the rest of your sins because the original is cared for. We still have to deal with the original sin in the United States. And that's why this is a gospel issue and not just a, uh, you know, a social political issue. And I think you know if we, if we give people... As much credit as we can, that's probably what they mean when they say just preach the gospel. Right. You know, yes, you're exactly right. Let's and let's target that 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 very gospel, you know, undiluted into the, the this, what we see around us. And that's of course what you see in the different letters in the New Testament. These different churches had different issues. And so Paul addresses all these variety of issues with the same gospel, the same Jesus. You know, the, 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 the same Deliverer and Redeemer. Amen. He's, there's only one, and it's Him. We are 
equipped to be able to deal with this because we have the gospel. Yeah. And and just as we address people's, you know, their their broken addictions, their their broken sexuality, their broken family life, your broken relationships all get addressed by the gospel. The breaking around conversations of race, race and ethnicity also need to be addressed by the gospel. Right. And because we're a church committed to preaching the gospel, that means that we're a church that's committed to talking about these things. And, and taking the risk. You know, right. it's, it's risky. You can say the wrong thing. How many people, you know, what, what are they called? The cancel culture now? Oh. There's a cancel culture in that. the church, too. And, and really, I, I sense it, you know, 20 years ago, it wasn't like it is now. Now, you know, it, I mean, all you have to do is say the right words and you're done. Yep. You know, just make these sounds with your lips and tongue and teeth, and there, that's it. It will, and it doesn't just cancel you. It cancels every bit of good that you've ever done in your entire life. Right. You are now this one thing I don't like about you. Boom. And that's Dismissed. part of the obstacle in facing, you know, I don't even want to bother. You know, that's, that's the instinct that people have. But I want to challenge you. You're listening to this. You have the love of God in your heart. You love people. And you, you might not have a great record, or you might, you might have your arms folded right now as you're listening because you feel defensive. Unfold your arms. Don't be defensive. Uh, that, that anything here is registering with you is very, very hopeful, and he is calling you to, to be a, an ambassador for the love of God, and you can do it, and you can make a huge difference. It's an opportunity, really. It's, it's not, you know, I, I know we all hate talking about it. We hate... Problems are where the good stuff is, you know. Yeah. Just develop a new eye for problems. Look for them and say, I'm jumping in. Yep. Because that's where God's going to do, that's where he's going to bless. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So um, that is our conversation for today, but it is the first of many conversations. I mean, that's we're not going to do back-to-back-to-back conversations on this, of course, no. but we're, we're going to address this from time to time because this is going to be um, a continual issue in our society. It's a continual issue in the church. Our denomination is committed to working against this. Goodwill Church is committed to working against racism. And uh, so it's going to come up again. So that was the episode that we recorded a few weeks ago. Uh, We hope that was enlightening and encouraging to you. And if you want to know more, if you want to dive deeper into this, because as I said at the end there, it's going to come up again. And and it came up before we were able to even post the episode up. Um, This is going to uh, stay with us as a country. That original sin that we talked about in the episode is something we have to tackle. And if you want to learn more, and if you want to hear Christian voices on these issues, and, and that's what I want to bring up today, I want to highlight a few Christian voices for you to be able to learn from, then I encourage you to please um, grab these books, read, pray, compare what you're reading in the books to the Scriptures, because the Scriptures are the authoritative Word of God on this issue. Um, but I want to give you a, a couple titles and authors. So the first book I'll recommend It's called Divided by Faith, and this book is actually almost 20 years old now, but it was a watershed book in uh, at the turn of the century, and it's written by Christian Smith, who popularized the slogan um, "therapeutic moralistic deism" that you may have heard in the past. Um, Michael Emerson is the co-author on that, so that's Divided by Faith. Um, If you want to hear a story of of somebody working on the ground in this, I, I recommend you Just Mercy. Um, which is written by a lawyer named Brian Stevenson, also a Christian, uh, who's been doing incredible work in in the South. Um, and then two more books, both written by black women that um, I deeply respect. And uh, the first is, is a few years old. It's called United, Captured by God's Vision for Diversity by Trillia Newbell. She spent a lot of time working 
uh, with the Southern Baptist Convention on these issues. And then um, Mother to Son, which is the book that uh, Jess Kilduff mentioned in our episode today, Mother to Son, Letters to a Black Boy on Identity and Hope by Jasmine Holmes. And so, um, you know, beautiful thing about podcasts, rewind real quick if you didn't catch all that, write those down, order the books, read them, and uh, know that we're, we're going we're gonna to talk about this as the need arises, because this is a part of who we are as a church. We're a church who cares about this issue. And uh, so it's been, a, it's been a difficult few days. It's been a definitely a difficult couple of weeks in this country. But what you saw in worship last night is what I want to, or yesterday is what I want to leave you with now. We are united around the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That's why we spent so much time in communion. It is his blood that covers the sin of racism. It is his blood that frees us from our sin and, and cleanses us and makes us whole. And it is the blood of Jesus Christ that ultimately unites us as brothers and sisters. Amen. And so we want to remind you of that as we go. We are united in Christ, no matter our differences. And with that truth, we thank you for listening to this episode of Good Will Talk, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. We hope that this episode encouraged you. To listen to more episodes or to give us that five-star rating, check us out at iTunes or Google Play. You can also listen on the Goodwill Church app. And for more information about Goodwill Church, visit us at goodwillchurch.org. See you again next time here at Goodwill Talk.